Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I am proud to announce that Food Pharmacy, one of the biggest health brands in Sweden, is now launching its highly acclaimed blog as well as books and podcasts in English. Food Pharmacy is eager to take its award-winning Scandinavian concept and share it with the rest of the world and to contribute to the fight against the global burden of lifestyle-related diseases. In 2014, Lina Nertby and Mia Klasa started Food Pharmacy, embarking on a long, sometimes meandering, often magical journey towards their goal of improving public health. Along the way, they've spoken with a variety of experts and professionals in various fields related to health and lifestyle. In this podcast series, you'll meet a few of them. Be a part of the journey. This is The Food Pharmacy Show. I am so excited to introduce today's podcast episode where I meet with Dr. Mindy Peltz. Dr. Mindy Peltz is an international best-selling author and a fasting expert. Fasting is scientifically linked to slowing down aging and extending longevity. In today's podcast, I will talk to Dr. Mindy Peltz on women and fasting, and you will learn everything about how to fast like a girl. My name is Lina Nattby, and I am one of the founders of Food Pharmacy. Welcome, Mindy, to Food Pharmacy Show. I'm so excited to be here. You know, again, this is my favorite topic, but I'm just excited to talk to your audience. So thank you for having me. So my first question is, when you talk about fasting, there is always this question coming up. But how is it? Should women really fast? I mean, all the research seems to be made on men. And I've heard that women shouldn't fast. So should they? Yeah. And I think it's such a good first question. So thank you for asking me, because this is the whole message I'm trying to get out to the world is that yes, women should fast. We just need to do it differently. And I think when we look at the fasting movement and what happened is all of a sudden people started to understand all the health benefits, the weight loss benefits of fasting. And so we all jumped in men and women alike and started practicing these principles. And then we saw that women were having adverse reactions like hair falling out, cycle changes, anxiety going up. Some women even gained weight. And that was largely because there was no conversation around how women should fast differently. And and we can dive into that. But my, my mission is to help women understand how to fast so that it can not only she can lose her weight, lose weight and get all the health benefits, but that she actually can use fasting as a healing tool to bring her hormones back into balance. Hmm. Wow. So before we dive into that, you said there are health benefits from fasting. There are different types of fasting. And I guess those different types of fasting also gives different types of health benefits. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The easiest way to understand this is we have to realize this is this is another part of the, the conversation. I don't know why we haven't had this part of the conversation as a society is that we have two metabolisms. So for years, I in my clinic, I would have women come in and say, I think I have a slow metabolism. I mean, I think you could almost, you could ask any woman, like, how do you think your metabolism is? And most women would be like, oh, it's not as fast as I want it to be. But that's actually the wrong part of the discussion. 
The right part of the discussion is we have two metabolisms, one that we activate when we eat food and one that we activate when we go periods of time without food. And you can call it, we call it fasting or it's time restricted eating. You're, You're leaving a larger period of time without any food coming in. Mm. When I like to call it in fast, like a girl, I called it a fat burning system. Cause isn't that what we all want to do is keep burning energy from fat. Well, when you switch into this fat burning system, that is where you start, your metabolism starts making energy from burning fat. Now, if you're skinny, you might go, well, I don't want to lose any weight. But the thing to know is that there's fat around your organs, there's fat in other other places, it's visceral fat, there's something called skinny fat. We all have to work with this fat accumulation issue. So when your body is burning fat as a fuel source, healing happens. It's very different than the sugar burner metabolism. So to answer your question very specifically, The time period, the longer you stay in this fat burning state, the more healing happens. And it goes way beyond weight loss. It goes into gut repair and it goes into our body's way of self-detoxing. We can reset our whole dopamine system. We can reset our whole immune system. There's so much healing that happens the longer we stay in this fat burning system. So that's why another reason I want women to to know how to use it because it is a healing state that's incredibly helpful and honestly doesn't cost any money. You just have to train yourself to be in that state. Mm. So if we go through these different kinds of fasting, what kinds of fasting uh, are we talking about? Yeah, so let let me kind of dive into the body and what happens after we eat, and then I can then that'll segue into the hours in which fasting happens. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing I want people to realize is that it takes about eight hours after your last meal for your body to metabolically start to switch into this fat burning place. Mm -hmm. Depending on what that meal was, that the quality of that meal will really matter. But in general, we're looking at about 12 hours after that last food or drink went in your mouth, the body is now actively in the fat burning state. This is what we call intermittent fasting. And it starts around 12 hours. It's usually the window is about 12 to 15 hours without food. And in that state, what your body will do is it will burn fat to make a a chemical or a a byproduct known as a ketone. That ketone, this is 12, 13 hours in, will go up into your brain and it'll turn off the hunger hormone. So this is important. A lot of people think the longer they they go in a fasted state, they're going to be more hungry. Actually, it's the opposite. The longer you're there, the more ketones your body makes and it turns that hunger hormone off. The other thing that ketones do is once ketones start to go up, they increase a neurotransmitter called GABA and GABA calms us. So ask anybody who's been in like a two or three day water fast, they will tell you there becomes this very gentle feeling inside their body where they're just calm and they're focused because they have so much GABA and the brain has has turned on this hunger hormone. We also know in this time period, testosterone goes up. So we start to see testosterone rise. We also know inflammation comes down. So we start to see the inflammatory markers come down. We also know growth hormone goes up. Growth hormone burns fat and it starts to slow the aging process down. So we have this neurochemical magic that can happen in our body if we go 12 to 15 hours. Now, if, if you want to stay fasted, you can get even more magic. And that's at 17 hours, your body will stimulate autophagy. And this is like a detox. The body will start to repair the cells. It will get rid of old cells that no longer serve you. They may be aging you. They may be cells that are you know going to turn into cancer cells. That starts to happen around 17 hours. Around 24 hours, we see intestinal stem cells will be formed. So anybody with any kind of gut issues can completely repair their gut with a 24-hour fast. 
36 hours, we see the body go and try to find the stubborn fat, that fat that you can't lose. At 36 hours, it will turn from white fat into brown fat. So that brown fat is much more burnable fat. So the body can, can start to use that for energy. 48 hours, we see the whole dopamine system reboot and you get new dopamine receptors. So anybody who wants, you know, looking for more mental health can do that with a 48 hour fast. And then 72 hours, we see the whole immune system reboot itself. So, it, you know, it, it could be, if you've never fasted before, it sounds crazy to go three days without food. But what I want everybody to understand is that in the magic of from 12 hours to 72 hours, the reason your body heals is because when we go back to looking at like our primal days in the caveman days, we needed to become better. We needed to become more focused. We need to be, be a better human body so we could go find food, so we could go hunt for food. So you're literally tapping into this primal system that we're just not getting now because we have access to food all the time. Mm. I often get the question, is it dangerous to fast? And I try to explain to people that this is how we lived through all the evolution. What we haven't done is that we've never lived like today, where we have food available all the time. And that is something we know is that's very dangerous. But it's like we have forgotten that we have existed yes. for so long under these conditions. I love the way you phrased that because it is dangerous to be eating all day now. And this is the, the what what really baffles me and blows my mind is the fact that we are actually killing ourselves today because we are going against our biology. And in this world where we have so much technology, where you're in Paris, I'm in San Francisco, we're talking to each other. It's so amazing that we can do this. So all of our technology has advanced but the human body is the same. It's the same as it was in the primal years. And in, in Fast Like a Girl, I put um, a hypothesis in there that really I wanted the world to know. And it's a belief, they call it the thrifty gene hypothesis. And it's a belief that the humans that evolved out of those primal days had a very specific genetic profile and that profile allowed them to go long periods of time without food. That's how they survived. And they believe that in this day and age, we, we all humans have that genetic profile in us now. So when we're eating all day now, we're going against our own genetic design. So we're yeah. doing the opposite. Mm. Crazy, right? Yeah, it is. It is crazy when you start to think about it. So uh, talking about that, can anyone fast? Anybody can fast. And now I think this brings up who shouldn't fast. Yeah. And I, I want to point out two things is that um, pregnancy, you know, if you're pregnant, fasting is not your tool. So I, I strongly disagree with that. If you're nursing, you shouldn't do longer than a 15-hour fast because that is what um, where you'll start to see some detox and all those toxins will go into your breast milk. We don't want that going into your baby. And then the third one is eating disorders. Now, having said that, I want to tell you, I have watched so many eating disorders be able to, women be able to over, specifically be able to overturn their eating disorder when they start to actually look at what happens to their glucose when they're fasting and when they're eating. So I always, with eating disorders, try to tell women, let's look at the pairing of how you put foods together. Let's look at your blood sugar. That's the thing to control. And then once you you understand that fasting, you actually are able to do it, but you should, you need, you need somebody coaching you through that. I don't want anybody to trigger any eating, any old patterns with their eating disorder. Hmm. So going back to how we women should fast, I know you are an expert in, in how we should cooperate with our cycle. Yes. Please go through the female cycle and when it's beneficial for us to fast and how we can yes. do it. It's, it's, my it's my favorite question. <laughs> so 
let me start by just saying men have one sex hormone they have to focus on. It's testosterone. So men will, their bodies make testosterone every 15 minutes or so. It pulses in all the time and they operate off a 24 hour hormone cycle. So fasting for them, any way, any shape or form works. Women, we have three hormones we have to think about. Testosterone is one, progesterone and estrogen. Here is the, is the, the root of this whole conversation for women, which is, Estrogen loves when you fast, progesterone does not. So progesterone wants you to keep glucose high, estrogen wants you to keep glucose low. So the way I always explain, I explained that this way in the book was that they're like they're like twin sisters. They we call them by the same name, we clump them in this in the whole category of hormones, but they have massively different personalities. So at the root, when we look at a woman's cycle, the front half of her cycle, day one, all the way through to about, you know, day 10, you know, day 14, 15 is when estrogen is coming in. So estrogen likes when you fast. In fact, if you don't fast and your glucose is high, that's going to lead to fertility problems. That's going to lead to things like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Those are insulin resistant hormonal issues. And if you're struggling with either of those, you should start to um, fast in the front half of your cycle. The back okay, so half of you, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. This is a question because PCOS is starting to get more and more common or people are getting to diagnose more and more frequently. So fasting is actually a tool to- tool. Help, Yeah. You know what's crazy on this? When, when I first started putting these principles together in my clinic, um, I started to see that two things really changed uh, for women hormonally. Well, really three things, but one was my patients who were struggling to get pregnant for years started to get pregnant. And I was, that blew me away. Second thing was PCO patient, PCOS patients with just getting them insulin sensitive teaching them how to keep carbohydrate loads down in the front half of their cycle, teaching them how to fast in the front half of their cycle, all of a sudden, all the symptoms of PCOS went away. Now, the other part of the PCOS, PCOS conversation is it's also toxicity. So when, you know, we live in the most toxic time in human history, but we also live in this time in human history where our access to food is so great and, and we're not thinking about the quality of our food or the chemistry of our food, and we're not pairing that with fasting. So women, younger women, 20 and 30 year olds, even if they're counting calories, even if they're trying to, they trying to stay thin through that, that whole experience of, you know, manipulating the amount of food, it's really insulin you want to control and toxic levels you want to control. If you control those two things, PCOS goes away. I've seen it over and over and over again. Wow. I I hope that we can reach out with this message to so many women because there are so many women suffering and going through right. IVF and all these uh, things. That's so right. sorry, I interrupted you. So this means yeah, no. from no, I... day one to day 15, we are actually quite uh, strong. So then we're like fit for doing fasting, but also yes. training, yeah? Yes. Also for training, it's a great question. So, um, you know, here's what I always tell women day one to day 10 of a woman's cycle, she's building estrogen. That's when you want to keep glucose down. That's when you want to fast a, a little bit longer, push your fast. You also can push your workouts. You can, you can, you know, if you have like a lot, a, a big deadline at work, you can skimp on sleep a little bit. You're going to be okay. Estrogen is very forgiving of anything that raises cortisol. So that is the first 10 days. You want to really, I called it the power phase in the book, because you really want to power up on the those health habits. When we move into ovulation, this is day 11 to day 15. You can still fast, just don't fast long. Like I don't, you know, I, I don't think that women should go into a, you know, a 48 hour fast on day, uh, uh, you know, 12 but she can go 15, 17 hours and she'll be okay. But on during ovulation, it's very interesting. 
we have estrogen at her peak. We have testosterone coming in. It's the only time of a woman's cycle that she gets a massive amount of testosterone. And we have a little bit of progesterone. So we don't want to go low, too low carb. We want to bring glucose up. And we don't want to fast too much. We want to just fast a little bit. So I always say during ovulation, your tool is food. So do a 15-hour fast and then bring in a lot of vegetables, bring in a lot of root vegetables, um, bring in some of the sauerkrauts and fermented foods. Nuts and seeds are really good during that time because it's your gut that's going to break those hormones down. And as your gut breaks those hormones down, now those hormones become useful for you. This is your window for that time is around day 11 to day 15. Now, the other thing I want to point out is you have testosterone at, at, at its peak. So testosterone helps you build muscle. So one of the things I've been teaching women is that that's a time to lift heavier weights. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing that I've thought a lot about is like, why don't we, why do women work out to a weekly cycle? We should work out to a monthly cycle. And during day 11 to day 15, we should maybe one day do heavy weights for biceps and triceps. And then the next day we could do heavy weights for, you know, quads and hamstrings. And then the next day we could do chest and back because you have testosterone. That is what's going to help you build all that test that build muscle. You need testosterone to build muscle. Mm -hmm. So I've been really taking the principles and trying to map you know, our workouts to it as well. That's so wonderful. it's, it's, I mean, there, once you get, once you see this, you can't unsee it. No. You're like, oh my God, what else could I map to my cycle? Right. Yeah. You can map your whole life, I guess. I mean, you can map your whole life. Yeah. I actually, on my podcast, I just brought a woman on who maps her whole work schedule to her, her menstrual cycle. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's, you know, day one to day 10, you know, glucose low, you can push your fast, you can push your workouts, you can push your stress, you'll be fine. Mm. Day 11 to day 15, we want to do low level fasting, 15 hours is great. We want to focus on food. And if you want to build muscle, change your workouts to more muscle building. Mm. Day 16, our hormones drop for a little bit. So day 16 to day 19, if you want to lose weight, you can go back into more uh, more fasting. You could do a 24-hour fast. Your, your hormones will allow it. You can go back into a keto diet if that is what you resonate with and you like. And then day 20 is when progesterone comes in. This is when everything changes. And this is what I'm trying to free women from because we know this intuitively. We call it PMS and we bitch and moan about it, right? We're mm -hmm. like, we're like, oh, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. All I want to do is eat carbs. I want to eat chocolate. I don't want to work out. I'm everybody's annoying me. And the and we that's right, because that's what progesterone wants. Progesterone actually wants you to bring glucose up. Glucose needs to be higher. So you know keto. No fasting. And then it's normal, like to crave chocolate and a pizza normal. and all the things yes. we're craving for the yeah. thing. Mm. Right. Like, like how many of us have been like, oh, I just can't stick to my diet the week before my period. I can't fast. I don't want to work out. Yes. You were not designed to go into a hardcore workout the week before your period. You were not designed to do a three-day water fast before your period. You were not designed to go keto before your period. You were designed to eat very healthy carbs. And healthy carbs to me are like your sweet potatoes. All I mean, there's so many different types of potatoes that are out there that are amazing. Your tropical fruits, your citrus fruits, your legumes, all of your beans, your rices and your quinoa. These are things that as the keto movement got so popular, women started to get rid of, yeah. bring them back that week before. And why do we crave chocolate the week before our periods? Because it's high in magnesium and our body needs magnesium to make progesterone. And why don't we want to work out the week before our periods? Because it elevates cortisol. And when cortisol goes high, 
progesterone goes away. She goes shy. She's out. Wow. So everything we've intuitively felt and have pushed through has actually been destroying our hormones. And that's what I'm trying to relieve. Like, and then we internalize it. We, 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 call, we think it's our fault. We're like, oh, I can't stick to my diet. I don't feel like working out, but I should work out. And then we start saying bad things to ourselves as women. And that's what I'm trying to free is I want you to learn how to do that week in a healthy way so that you can start to watch how your body can heal from a whole new level. Well, so the thing for, for most women to understand is that we all have different length cycles. So, you know, it usually ranges anywhere from 28 to 32 days um, for women in general. So when we are not minding that that week before our period, and if you have been doing that for a long time, so let's say you've been fasting for a long time through that period, or your stress has been high, then you might not actually know what your true authentic cycle length is. And then once you apply this principle or what I call fasting like a girl, then all of a sudden you you have a new rhythm with your cycle. It's going to actually be maybe what it was supposed to be. So it cleans up that whole back half. Um, but what what we started to see that blew me away was that so many women who were fasting and were going keto and not minding that week before her her period, they actually lost their cycle altogether. Or they would spot, they would actually start to spot and then they'd spot for like three to four days and then they would get their period. That's not normal. No. And 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 one thing that's been really interesting to me in Fast Like a Girl, like, t- you know, as it launched into the world is how many 20 and 30 year olds don't have a cycle. No, exactly. So this is what I was about to ask you because this is so common today. I know many young women that either have like period twice a month or that, uh, you know, it can take two months until they have the period. It's so irregular. So what could you do in order? Because, I mean, I'm a bit restrictive to talk to young women about fasting because I don't know what what age could you start fasting if you don't have any eating disorder? Yeah, I think, you know, I usually, if I had to pick an age, I would say it's about 17 Mm. Um, around that time, but it also has to do, you know, what I, a lot of people ask me, well, can my teenage daughter fast? And my brain is like, well, be cautious because whenever you go to fasting, it needs to be the person's idea. So we can't have a mom listen to this and then turn around and tell her 16 or 17 year old, you should start to fast. So that's every fasting is a personal journey. Mm. Now, most 17 year olds aren't trying to get pregnant. It's the you know late 20s, early 30s that they start to realize that their cycle is very messed up when they go to get pregnant. That is the perfect time to fast. And um, in the book, I have a 30 day fasting reset. And that was based off of uh, showing women in my clinic, showing women in my online world how to regulate their cycles again so they could, you know, do a a variety of things. But one of them was they could get pregnant. And I'm watching so many women like on my Amazon reviews and people reaching out to us that within 30 days of fasting like a girl, they're getting pregnant for the first time. In fact, I I tell people who don't want to get pregnant, be careful, because as you fast like a girl, you might start to see you're more fertile. So be careful. Mm. Wow. But I mean, even if you don't want to get pregnant when you're 20, it might uh, bother you that your cycle is not, uh, you know, in in order, because that also tells you that some you have an imbalance. Yes, Um, thank you. So by going into this 30 days reset, you can actually get your cycle in balance again. And that's that's right. Wonderful. It's amazing. And I want to say something about the menstrual cycle that I don't think we highlight enough is that it is actually a form of detox if you think about it. So when we look at hormonally what happens, an egg is released in ovulation around day 12, day 13. In order for that egg to be released, your body had to make a lot of estrogen. Now that estrogen has to be cleared out of your system. It is cleared out through your actual bleed, through your menstrual cycle. 
So when we have these 20 and 30 year olds that are not having a cycle, that is really dangerous. Yeah. Because there's no way to get rid of that estrogen. And so now we're creating these hormonal balances back to the PCOS issue. We're throwing our hormones off because we're not getting rid of that estrogen, but we're also, this is what leads to breast cancers and ovarian cancers. So the, the menstrual bleed is massively important to be able to get bad things out of your body that could produce disease. So when a 23-year-old says, I don't have a cycle, it's so convenient, I'm concerned about that. That yeah. needs to, we need to regulate that. And that's what the 30 day fasting reset can do. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So, Mindy, now we've been talking about women who has a cycle, but I mean, there is a life where you go into menopause. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> I know that life well. I'm living it. <laughs> then you're the perfect person. You're an expert, but you're also in menopause. So, yes. is it still beneficial for women in menopause? And could it actually help you if you have like traditional problems uh, during the menopause? Yeah. So, um, yes, 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 yes. How about that for an answer? Um, what I want women over 40 to know is that at 40, your ovaries and your hormonal system is starting to, to, to decline. I was going to say shut down. I always say the ovaries are going into retirement mm. and it takes about 10 or 15 years for that whole sex hormone system to start to slow down. Now, in that time period, you get hot flashes, you get weight gain, you have trouble sleeping, you um, start to be able, you have brain fog, memory issues. I mean, there's so many things that happen because these hormones are not just control our menstrual cycle, but they control our moods, they control our digestion, they control our hunger. So what I started to see about a decade ago was women were, as they went through their perimenopause and menopausal years, their health went south very, very fast. Like their health started to change despite living a healthy lifestyle. So a lot of what I taught those women was how do we fast to improve estrogen production? When estrogen goes down, a woman becomes more insulin resistant. So if you're 55 and you are struggling with menopausal weight gain, you're going to want to fast. You're going to want to do more of what I call a ketobiotic diet. I wrote about that in the book. The other thing that happens is we've got progesterone going down, which leads to anxiety and sleep problems. So if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're like anxious all the time and you're having mood disorders, then a couple of days a week, if you don't have a cycle, you're going to want to make sure that you're not fasting, that you're actually bringing glucose up and that you're bringing cortisol down. So it's it's the same principles that I said for the cycling woman. It's just that you don't have a cycle to map it to. So it, it's even easier. You would just take day one through day 30 of the fasting reset, and it will start to balance all those hormones out. The, the, the thing that has blown me away again in bringing this to the world 
is that there are so many 55 and 65 year old women that still have hot flashes, still have mood disorders, still have weight gain. They did not weather their perimenopausal years very well. No. And so, but you can still course correct. And um, I actually have a a book that I wrote that's coming back out where we revised it called The Menopause Reset. And I talk about five lifestyle changes that women over 40 need to make in order to adapt to these these changes in our hormones. And fasting is one of them. Mm. So when you say going to a 30-day reset, do you mean that a a woman that has no cycle because she's in menopause still should fast the first 10 days? It's, you know, there's nothing to map it to. So you would just, I I just mapped out 30 days. So you would just do it so that what I did in the 30 day reset is make sure that we are catering to each hormone. We're giving each hormone what she needs. Mm -hmm. So it's a good way to take the principles. It's just turnkey. It's a good way to take the principles and understand how to fast a little longer to increase estrogen and how to feed your microbiome to help to break these down and then how to bring glucose up so you can feed progesterone. So it's just that you're not mapping it to anything, but in that 30 days, you will balance all those hormones. But you're lucky because you don't have to map it to a cycle like the younger women do. Yeah, so you're more free in a way to choose according to your schedule more. Exactly. Exactly. So I've been reading that you suggest five plus one plus one, like do five days of intermittent fasting, one day Mm -hmm. of feasting, but a healthy feasting, and one day of fasting, 24 hours fasting. So who is this? Because I love this cycle because it's it's almost like I'm living my life. Uh, Now I'm doing intermittent fasting on weekdays. Saturday is often a feast, you know, and Sundays I wake up and I have my breakfast. And if I have nothing to do, I don't eat until uh, Monday morning's breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the 511 is great for the menopausal woman because so if she doesn't want to think of things in a 30 day period, she could think of things in a weekly period. Um, And the 511 is five days of intermittent fasting. So that would be 15 hours. Um, I would encourage her on those days to eat nature's carbs. So you know, get off the breads, the cakes, the pastas, the cookies, like bring your carb load down. And then one day a week, stretch your fast, go a little longer, go 24 hours. And you can, you know, eat whatever you want at that one meal. Um, I recommend protein for the menopausal woman because we have to really fight for muscle a lot more. Um, And then one day a week feast on the higher glucose foods, like the fruits and and the root vegetables that I talked about. So it's the 511 is really easy for menopausal women. Mm. Now for cycling women, you could just do the 511 three day three weeks out of the out of the month, just not the week before your period. No, exactly. That I've learned now. <laughs> yes. yes. I've been doing something called fasting mimicking diet quite a uh, lot. Yeah. You uh, you, you know like it? Longo? Yeah, I do yeah. know him. Yeah, I like it because when I was introduced to fasting, I've never been a person when I was younger, though, that gained weight. So my problem has never been that I need to lose weight because I, I was able to eat, uh, you know, a lot. So I had never been on a diet before until I changed my my eating habits to become more healthy. But yeah. when I was uh, going to a functional medicine clinic and, um, and um, a coach told me that you should really do fasting because there are so many health benefits and uh, you take out like damaged DNA. And I was scared because I was like, but I can't go out without food for more than a few hours. I get so uh, hangry, you know, all, I, I can't work and I'm a single mother and I can't take care of my children. You know, I had so many prejud. how do you say prejud? Yeah. Yeah. Prejudgments, yeah. Prejudgments on why I couldn't fast. And then he said, you should really try this uh, fasting mimicking diet. So that's why I started my fasting journey with fasting mimicking diet. Would you call would you call that a fasting or a calorie restriction? Like if if um, if I would do that, should I still map it into my cycle since I'm still cycling? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so the fast mimicking diet's really interesting. I I didn't write about it in the book just because you either have to buy the pro the their prepackaged food or you have to figure out what they did. So um, I'm sure your your nutritionist figured it out, but for the audience, what what Walter Longo figured out after he did the three-day water fast um, research, he discovered, gosh, we could reboot the whole immune system. All these stem cells come in on that third day of a water fast. And so it, it like to your point, it gets rid of the damaged DNA, um, it's it can repair any part of your body. It's there's so much beauty on that third day of a water fast. But he was like, I don't I don't think people are gonna everybody worldwide is gonna do three day water fasts. So he came up with fast mimicking diet, and here's what he did. He kept the calories around 800 calories a day. So got to keep that low, and he kept protein under 20 grams of protein. Now, why did he do that? He did that because he was trying to stimulate something called autophagy. And if you get a, you're over 20 grams of protein, you flip yourself out of autophagy. And so he that were that was really his only two requirements. He didn't really look at carbohydrates. He just said, I'm going to keep calories under 800 and I'm going to stimulate autophagy and let me see what happens. And what he found was really profound. He did this five days, had somebody do it five days out of the month and repeat that for three months. And he did it on both type one and type two diabetics. So think about this for a moment. Um, type one, nobody's really been able to see how you could you know, change type one. But what he saw was that damaged beta cells in the pancreas actually started to repair on the third month of doing the fast mimicking diet. And that is profound. That is amazing. And it was because of the stem cell production. So his vision was, it is amazing. And in, in that they were, they kept thinking about what other diseases do we have where these organs are injured? And if we can get some stem cells put in to the picture, would the body heal itself? And it, it's quite profound. What I found, and I'd be curious if you found this as well, it's, it's keeping at 800 calories a day is brutal. It's it's hard. So when I did it, I actually would combine it with one meal a day or two meals a day. So I would fast like 17 hours and then I would do the food that we just talked about, you know, in a, a, like a, you know, in like a seven hour eating window. Mm. Okay, did that's you do it that way? No, I didn't. I was actually, I rather had like almost like five very small meals, mm. you know. But then every time I've done this, day three, I don't want to eat. I lost yeah. my appetite. Yeah. Uh, so day three, day four, and day five, I, I've been like, you know, trying to eat something, but I'm not interested in food anymore. And I still feel so alert and so strong and so, um, you know, yeah. vital in so many ways. So um, I like to do that because the first day and the second day, I, I it's sort of like I prepare myself to go yeah. into, uh, you know, uh, a fasting. Uh, I have a little less food than normal, and yes. then, then I skip the eating basically. And, and so, what do you, what you're you're in that fat burning place in when when you usually about day two. What I noticed is I could make ketones much quicker, or I could could yeah. quickly make t ketones. And then the you know when you're in ketones on day two, the longer you are making ketones for like 24 hours, your hunger goes down. Mm. So so it does have sort of the same feeling as a, a three-day water fast, but you're getting some food. Yeah. yeah. So I could totally see that. Now, I do want to point out that you just wouldn't do it the week before your period. And I also want to point out if you have a thyroid problem, one of the things we know about thyroid issues is that you need at least 1,200 to 1,500 calories a day to be able to keep the thyroid hormones working at their best. So you could do his experiment where maybe five days out of the month, you would do what you're saying, that that the fast mimicking diet. But then you, you got to make sure that you still are having some days where you're getting more calories to support the thyroid health. What we're talking about is people who would do less than 1,200 calories every day for several months. 
oh, that please. that destroyed their hormones. Talking about this, many people have um, questions uh, regarding exercising and fasting. And uh, according to you, uh, when we are fasting, it's actually the time when we are a bit stronger and we should do some training also. That's correct. Yeah. 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 There's a lot on that one. I don't know how far down down the rabbit hole you want to go on that, but yes. No, but talking about that, I think we should go into um, muscle mass, losing muscle mass. Yeah. So what about fasting and losing muscle mass? Yeah. What, what, what's the deal? This is my, this is my favorite question. Um, so remember when you're in a fasted state, your body is going to go find the glucose that it stored years ago. And it stored it in three places. The first place to put it was in your liver, which is like why we have so much fatty liver issues. The second place it put it was in your muscles. And the third place it put it was in fat. So when we fast, it's going to go back through that system again. It's going to actually burn fat first. Then it's going to start to access what it stored in the liver or I'm sorry, in the muscles. And then it will go to the liver. Now, when you are working out, what's happening is you are asking your muscles to start to release glucose, stored glucose that's in there so that you can perform in the workout. So when you stack a fasted state with a workout, you are cleaning out all of the extra glucose that is in your muscles. That is going to help you get more definition with your muscles. It's going to make a more, a, a nicer looking muscle on your body if that's what you're going for. But what's important is that if you work out in a fasted state, like my favorite thing for women to do is do a 15 hour fast. Go work out, lift some heavy weights, and then immediately go home and eat protein. And the protein you want to eat is you want to make sure that you're getting at least 30 grams of protein because that is going to trigger an amino acid receptor site that will build the muscle stronger. So we use fasting to clean the muscle out. Yes, it will appear as it's breaking the muscle down. But if we stop and we think about what, what weight training is, you are lifting heavy weights to break a muscle down. That's what weight training is. So if I fast to, to get rid of glucose and to get rid of what's in the muscle that's not serving it, and I weight lift, now I've really broken a muscle down. But if I go and I put protein back in, I'm giving it what it needs to build itself stronger again. And that to me is like the greatest fitness hack if you want to build muscle to look good. Okay, so no matter how long your fasting is, if you're doing an intermittent fasting at 24 hours or a three day or fasting mimicking diet, whatever fasting you're doing, when you end your fasting, you could do a really hard exercising, lifting uh, weights, and then you break your fasting with protein. Great question. I would say if you're doing 24 hours or less, mm. Once we go over 24 hours, what I want everybody to know is it's long enough that you're sending a message to your body and you're saying, hey, repair yourself. And so you don't want to add a lot of extra stress. So the formula I just gave is for 24 hours or less. When you go into 36 and 48 hours, I don't recommend even working out at all during that time. You could break your fast with protein. That would be fine. Same rule would apply, but don't work out in that period if you're going 30, 36 or 48 hours. And then a 72-hour water fast, I don't think you should work out. And there is a four-step process I put in the book on how you break that fast. That one needs, a, needs something different. Mm. So- if you fast longer than 24 hours, you you don't recommend training at all or like exercising at all. Or, or you could go for a walk, you could run, something that's, you could do yoga, Pilates, that would be fine, but it's not a time to push your workout. Okay, so but you shouldn't worry too much because when you go back to eat again, you can use this principle of when you're going back to, let's say your normal intermittent fasting or your normal daily routine, yeah. You you make sure to have protein after you've been lifting weight. So this is a way that you can fast, but also to keep your muscle mass. 
You got it. Exactly. Mm, that's, um, that's good because muscle mass is a huge factor for longevity and metabolic health. So that's why people are often, you know, yeah. do I need to quit fasting to keep my muscle mass? But then the answer is no. So and I, I want to say one thing on that. I just want people to understand that your muscle may appear as if it's breaking down while you're fasting, even in the shorter lengths. But when we bring protein back into the equation, then all of a sudden you'll see that it grows stronger than ever. Mm. So that's, and then if you do a three-day water fast, same thing. It may appear that your muscles have shrunk, but do the four-step process I map out and then make sure that you, when you sit down to eat protein, you're getting at least 30 grams of protein at each meal. Mm, great. So bone density, how mm -hmm. how is, because I mean, a lot of women up here in North of Europe, in Scandinavia have uh, problems with bone density. And mm -hmm. we have like this osteoporosis, most mm -hmm. cases in the world. I've read that fasting is actually good for bone density. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing we have to remember is that what fasting does at the, at the root is it cleans up the cells. So now the cells are more receptive of the nutrients you may be getting in your food. So when you bring the inflammation down in a cell, it's going to be able to absorb vitamin D better. So that's going to strengthen your bone. It's going to help with calcium and phosphorus. So you're, you're repairing the cell so that when you go to eat or you take your supplements, that cell can pull those nutrients in better and start to do what those nutrients are meant to do. The opposite of that is when we're deficient in something like calcium, phosphorus, or vitamin D, which are those are biggies for osteoporosis. And we're taking supplements, we're trying to do what, what we need, you know, eat the, I mean, vitamin D is, uh, or one of the, one of the big foods for vitamin D is sardines. Um, and I don't know a lot of, maybe, maybe you all eat more sardines, yeah. but I can tell you here in America, <laughs> we don't get a lot of sardine lovers. Um, so there's not a lot of food and then we have sunlight issues as well. But so most people are increasing their, their vitamin D through supplementation. And you need to be able to make sure those supplements get into the cell. And as the cell is inflamed, it can't get in. So when we look at the nutrients you need to build healthy bones, you've got to have cells that are open to receiving those nutrients and fasting of all lengths will clean that up. So your supplements work better. And if your focus is osteoporosis, great. You're going to, you're going to see supplementation work better because of the anti-inflammatory effect. Mm. So if you listen to this and you you want to start going on fasting, we now know to follow this 30 day or 27, 28 to 32 days of cycle. So side effects from fasting, muscle pain, headache, yeah. joint pain, problems to sleep, all these issues are quite normal side effects, yeah? Well said, well said. They're, they're, they can be normal. And so one way to not get them, the one supplement I recommend people take through their fasting window is, is a mineral supplement. Because it's, you're not what, what we, and it may be different, you know, in like Scandinavia, electrolytes. like electrolytes. Yeah. yeah. Electrolytes. Yeah. It may be different in Scandinavia, but I can tell you here in America, our soils are so bad. So the vegetables that are being grown in our soils don't have enough minerals. So most people are walking around with a low level electro electrolyte deficiency. Now, if you already have a vitamin or an electrolyte deficiency, and you go into a fasted state, that deficiency is going to reveal itself. And it will look like heart, uh, heart palpitations where your heart is beating. Mm. Uh, it could look like hair falling out. It could look like you stand up and you get dizzy. Um, it could look like you're, you, you have muscle cramping or you have trouble sleeping. Very, very easy to prevent that. Just take an electrolyte supplement 
while you're fasting, especially in the longer fast in your fasting window so that you're adding that back in, but you're still staying in the fasted state. Mm. So you just have it once a day with a bit of water. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We call it, we call it, we call it like a, like a fasting snack. It's like, oh, I can put some electrolytes in my water and it tastes different. And the brain's like, Hey, I'm think this is different than just plain water. And so it gives you a little dopamine rush. So if you're on fasting and you start to feel all these uh, side effects, I think it's normal that some people get scared because you feel like, "Ah, um, shouldn't I feel good now when I do this fasting and I'm feeling so weak and bad. So when should you cancel a fasting and when should you like just find faith in that this is part of the process. I mean, that that's quite hard to, um, uh, to know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a good question. So when you go into a longer fast, I always recommend you have a blood sugar reader so that you know where your numbers are at. And, um, I forget the European translation, but in, in America, I always say, don't let your blood sugar drop below 50 millimole or uh, milligrams per deciliter and don't let your ketones get above, and this is the same measurement, like 7.0 millimoles. So you need to have, and I and I put it out with the conversion in the book. I have it mapped out. So um, that's the one thing. The longer fast, you're going to want to test your blood sugar. But if you don't have access to a blood sugar reader, there's some symptoms you want to look for. The biggest one is extreme fatigue. So this is the fatigue where you just can't lift your limbs You know, like you have trouble, like you can't even lift your arms. You feel like you're going to pass out. Like if you're incredibly exhausted, break the fast. The second is if you stand up and and you start getting really dizzy, then you're going to want to break the fast. And then the third one is if those heart, the pounding heart gets really heavy, think about breaking the fast. But for sure, if you have a glucose monitor, you can, you can know very easily with that. Mm. So if you don't break the fast, could that actually be uh, dangerous with this? So, yeah, you, you know, the, I met a guy one time that went, I met him and he was on day 257 of a fast. Wow. It's crazy. He lost so much weight and healed himself. Like his story was incredible. So the depending on how much weight you have, the human body can seem to go, you know, 30 plus days without food. I'm not recommending anybody go 30 plus days without food. Um, So, but yes, to your point is that it actually is fairly safe. Well, it's for sure it's safe to go three days. It's safe to even go five days. We, we did fast training weeks in, on my YouTube channel where it was worldwide. We had people all over the world fasting together and we would do a three-day water fast. Um, When Fast Like a Girl came out, we gathered uh, in celebration of the book, we had 9,000 people last January fasting together in a three-day water fast. And so I've been so surprised at uh, across all these people that we fasted that we do not know that there has been not one serious injury that we that we know of Mm. and a large part of that is because we educate the way i just educated you we teach people when to break that fast we ask them to watch their numbers look out for symptoms the 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 piece of this that's very important for that overachiever that wants is like wants to fast a whole bunch is that you want to make sure if you're ever in doubt if you're like oh what did she say? Less fatigue, dizziness. If you're ever in doubt, you break the fast. Mm. That's the golden rule. Yeah. That's a good rule. Yeah. The food when you, because I, I also think it's easy, like when you've been fasting, it might be easy to think that I've been so, uh, I've been so good. I've been like a good girl now and uh, yeah. I've done this fasting now I want to treat myself. Personally, actually, I I don't want to because I I want to feed myself with uh, you know the best food. But I could also see that there could be maybe a voice um, telling uh, some people that now you've been so good, now you can actually have what 
whatever you want. You can go to the candy store and you can have the burger and everything. Is, is it important to watch out and make sure to have healthy food when you, when you leave a fasting? Yes. Yeah. So we go back to these two metabolisms. When you're eating food in the sugar burner metabolism, the healthier, that can be a healing state too, if you're eating the right food. So if you eat the right food in the right combinations and pair it with fasting, you are taking both of your metabolisms and you're put, you're in a, now you're in a 24 hour healing state, you know, like a sweet potato. It's my favorite food on the planet and it helps to build progesterone. So when I eat a, a sweet potato, I know it's a healthy tool for me. So we can't leave food out of the equation. Now, having said that, one of my favorite studies is done out of cell metabolism. And it showed that just going eating all of your food in a 10 hour eating window will uh, make your inflammation come down, make your cholesterol come down, blood pressure, liver enzymes come down, even if you eat a horrible diet. So if you every day fasted 14 hours and ate in a 10 hour eating window, and you decided to eat the worst diet in the world, you would not see weight gain. You would not see blood pressure go up. You would not see cholesterol go up. Like you're basic meta metabolically immune from the damages of that diet. That's how powerful fasting is. And where my brain goes is again, here in America, we have a massive health problem. We have a massive obesity issue, yet it costs money to eat healthy in America. So my vision is how do we get everybody doing a 14 hour fast so that, that when they go to McDonald's, when they go and eat all this horrible food, that they're still seeing changes. And the biggest case I had last year is I had a, um, a guy that was over 300 pounds and he was food addicted and he asked me for help. And all I did because he loved soda and he loved Buffalo wings. So for the first three months, all I did is take all that horrible food and put it into one shorter eating window. And within three months, he had lost 40 pounds by eating buffalo wings and drinking soda. Oh. And that was that was last summer. And one of the things that we're seeing now, he's still, he's continued. I just got a message a month ago that he's down 150 pounds and his, or no, it was like a little, like 120, he's almost at his, his goal weight. And he is, all his food changes, he's, he now wants to eat well. So I think fasting is a better way into food addiction. I think fasting is a better way into obesity and poor food choices. We just need to train people how to do it. So well put, Mindy. Well, there's like a thousand things yeah. I could talk about, but you, you, this has been great. And, you know, I think I just, the message I'm trying to get out to both men and women is that you can heal yourself. You don't need fancy supplements or fancy doctors or fancy medications. Yes, there's a time and place for that. But in the long run, you play a huge part in healing yourself. And for the women, I really want the women to understand that we can heal our hormones when we understand how to eat and fast the way we've been talking about over the last hour. Mm. So thank, thank you so much, Mindy, oh, and you. have a wonderful day. Thank you, appreciate you. You have listened to the Food Pharmacy Show with Lina Natby and Mia Klaase, joined by special guest, Dr. Mindy Pels. The podcast is edited by me, Sebastian Ring, and I've also composed all the music. For more food pharmacy content, visit foodpharmacyco.com and follow us on Instagram, food underscore pharmacy.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 